Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. Welcome to this episode. We are joined once again by my friend and our secret co-founder, Chris Talbot. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Mike. All right. Glad to have you with us again. So Chris is a professor at Welch College as the youth and families pastor at his church. He's got a couple of kids on his own, so you can go back and listen to episode one, uh, where Chris and I talked about what is youth pastor theologian all about? What is a youth pastor theologian? Why does theology matter in youth ministry and all this fun stuff? So if you missed that one, you'll want to go back and listen to that. Um, as we start our conversation today about apologetics, Chris, um, I want to hear about your first vehicle when you started <laughs> driving, taking us back to your teen years. Uh, what was your first vehicle as yeah. a teenager? So I don't remember the first vehicle that I drove, but I do remember, I'm sure it was my parents, um, but I remember the first vehicle I bought in high school. I was 16, working at Wendy's, and I found in the, um, in the classifieds, a, someone was selling a Ford F-150 for $300. Um, so I went out there, I met him, it was like an old farm truck, and I... <laughs> Uh, you know, I was, I was a broke uh, high school student, and so I made uh, three payments of a hundred dollars a piece <laughs> over like a That's month. Amazing, yeah, over a month and yeah. a half. Yeah, but it was good old Wendy's. Oh yeah, it was it was such a um, a piece of junk, <laughs> but I, 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 I love that truck so much. It uh, um, it, it was technically blue, although it was probably more rust than it was anything. <laughs> it had two um, two gas tanks, although the second one had a hole in it. And the, uh, the front... <laughs> is that why there were two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um... We're not going to fix it. We'll just add a new <laughs> yeah, just one. Add another one. Um, and the, and the front left headlight was in the, uh, in the back seat um, when I first bought it. <laughs> and so I was, I was constantly like, I don't know anything about cars, but trying to, trying to fix stuff on it and it would break down randomly. Um, I, it, it took me a while to fix the front headlight. And so I think I got pulled over like I don't know. It was something crazy, like 10 times in like three weeks or something, <laughs> you know, in a small town in Michigan. So they, they would see me and they'd yeah. pull me over. So, uh, like, Hey kid, you got to yeah. get this fixed. <laughs> I told you just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was great. I, I love that truck. If it got above 45 and start to like shake violently, you know, but it, <laughs> man, I, I love that truck so much. You know what? That's the kind <laughs> I, I think everyone's first car should start shaking violently once they hit 45 yeah, yeah. because there would be, yeah. Parents would love that, right? Yeah. Drivers. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. My son is 14 okay. and I am so terrified <laughs> of him driving in a couple of years. So if I could install a safety device to make this, yeah. the car start rattling at 45 i would absolutely do you'd that. be okay with it yeah <laughs> yeah i would be okay with it yeah maybe not like have it rattled because the car is unsafe yeah yeah just have it start rattled to to remind him hey yeah, slow down time to slow down. <laughs> yeah slow down bud slow down 
All right. Well, Chris, uh, you are working on your PhD in Christian apologetics. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about where, where are you studying? How's that program been for you? And uh, we're going to do a deep dive on apologetics in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I've always been interested in apologetics, like even from early on, like uh, I remember shortly after my conversion as a teenager, I um, I would go buy like a book by Josh McDowell at my local Christian bookstore. And I would just be like flipping through it all the time. Um, so it's always been a, a really long term interest of mine. You know, I read a lot of C.S. Lewis in college and and so yeah. on. Yeah, but so I'm, right now I'm uh, I'm studying uh, apologetics and culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I've just really, really enjoyed that program a lot, uh, and it's a little bit of everything. You know, we've I've had seminars on miracles and the resurrection, uh, faith and science, creation and creationism, theological anthropology. So a little bit of uh, the problem of evil, a, a lot of different stuff. So. Um, I, I've really enjoyed it. it. It's been kind of a broad appeal, which is kind of what I was looking for. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I found it, I found it pretty helpful. Yeah, that's good. So, um, what is apologetics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm doing a PhD. I'm like, how to say I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting word because, you know, we, you know what, I know a few people who I would sign up for that program. Yeah, yeah. You, got some ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need, you need to learn how to apologize. Yeah. There, there's some people. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. No, 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 you're good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it comes from the Greek word apologia, first Peter three fifteen, um, which is where, uh, most of our translations, uh, translate as defense. And so apologetics is, it's defending the faith. Um, but maybe even more specifically, first Peter three fifteen says, uh, be ready to give an answer or a defense for the hope that is within you. And so yeah. I, I think that's a really good definition, right? Apologetics is giving an answer for, or a defense for the hope that's within me. That's rooted in, in Christ. Yeah. All right. So over, um, when I was growing up in youth group and my first few years in youth ministry and everything, apologetics was everywhere. Mm. Um, and um, in the last 10 years or so, it's it's kind of fallen by the wayside. And um, I've even heard some people argue that apologetics is irrelevant in a postmodern context and it doesn't work anymore. Um mm. Talk to me about that. Where, yeah, where yeah. do you stand on the role of apologetics in yeah. ministry today? Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> Obviously, um, I would yeah, hope you yeah. are. Otherwise, <laughs> you're wasting a lot of time and money. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you're you're right. There, um, there's even been some books uh, written somewhat recently about kind of moving away from apologetics or even just kind of radically changing the nature of apologetics to a more kind of experiential narratival approach. Um, I'm not willing to go that far. Um, I I think, you know, we, we talk about a postmodern culture. I think we are affected by postmodernism, but I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think that we're full on postmodernists. I think you'll find places in, and even the most adamant person that, that believes in like relative truth and so on, that they still believe in some absolutes. And so I think yeah. there's some um, some touchstones there as well, but I, I even think um, you know depending on the geographic region in the United States, I think most people still operate with some um, assumption of of basic truth claims. Now I think those are less than you know 50, 60, 70 years ago, 
But I think yeah. you'll still find places where people say, well, no, that's that's wrong or that's right. You know, that yeah. this, this exists, that, that, that doesn't exist and so on. Okay. Uh, so why why do you think youth ministries have drifted away from it then? Like what's what's happened? Yeah. And I, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. I wonder if part of it is um, the, the, the shift in focus here. So if your youth group was kind of like mine growing up, when we talked about apologetics, we talked about like why there might be evidence for a literal six-day creation, um, why uh, there's evidence for like a literal resurrection, um, historical accounts of Jesus's, uh, um, Jesus's life and so on. Um, but I think now there, there's maybe more concern among our youth with uh, questions of ethics, um, questions about worldview, and so on. And so I, I wonder if, if apologetics has kind of went by the wayside a little bit because we haven't followed the shift and where maybe the, the apologetic focus should be. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It where would where could someone go to to read and learn more about that? Oh, um, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a lot of good resources out there. Um, I've been reading recently through Nancy Piercy's, uh, book, love thy body, which I think is a good apologetic for, uh, for kind of our our current culture. Um, so I think that's a good example. Uh, Rebecca McLaughlin has some good books as well on apologetics for teenagers too. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, so as you are working through your PhD and, uh, you're you're done with your coursework and working on your dissertation. Um, what what's your what's your dissertation all about? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh well, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. thanks for joining us for this episode of. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm I'm in the process right now of kind of narrowing that down a little bit. Okay, uh, I'd really like for it to be focused on um, something related to Francis Schaeffer's apologetics. Uh, you know, he, he he did apologetics in a way that I thought was really compelling for those in the 60s and 70s with this like postmodern shift. And so I think he still has a lot to tell us in our current cultural context. All right. So as you read Schaefer, um, I have a really embarrassing confession to make right here. I have never read anything by Francis Schaefer. Oh, no, no. I, I know. I know. I can see in your eyes over our video here that you now think less of me. Um, so what convinced me, right? Convince me to read Schaefer. Why? Why should youth workers read the works of Francis Schaefer? Yeah, good. Uh, that's a good question. I'm glad to answer it. Uh, I think I think Schaefer earlier than most. um realize that ideas have consequences that like the ideas that I have in my worldview affect the way in which I live. And so he, and and he messes up a little bit on this, but he tries to trace that throughout Western culture. Um, So I think there's something really commendable there. He placed a huge emphasis on the Christian worldview. So having uh, an understanding of the world informed by theological and biblical truth. So he, he placed a big emphasis on that. Um, and then third, he didn't detach apologetics and the Christian life from the Lordship of Christ. And so he certainly understood and, and tried to put an emphasis on 
um, that like what I do in my relationships and what I do when I create art and what I do in my everyday life uh, has meaning and purpose when I follow Jesus. Um, on top of all that, like he, he's just a, a really like, he's an interesting figure. Uh, he doesn't fit real nicely into uh, particular categories, which I like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, during the seventies and eighties, he was really kind of picked up by the religious right. Um, but at the same time, he's talking about like, he wrote a book on pollution and the death of man. Like you need to be, be careful of like not polluting, yeah. you know, like, which no, yeah. people don't really talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, Larry Norman, you know, the, the father of uh, CCM yeah. uh, spent time with, with Schaefer uh, and uh, loved him. And so did Jerry Falwell, you know? So like you have just, he's just a really like interesting character. And, you know, actually, you know th- this is probably the most important thing. Um, I think few emphasize the dignity of human beings in the Imago Dei in their apologetics as much as Schaefer did. Um, consist- That's interesting. Yeah, no, consistently throughout his writings and when people write about him, they just point out that he really cared about people a lot. Um, and so much so that he was he was really unwilling to do any public debates because he was worried that um, his interaction with the person he was debating, that their relationship would be harmed by the debate. So he, he did one, and he said he only did the one because uh, the guy he, he debated with agreed that they could continue having a, a conversation, a relationship far beyond that debate. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so talk to me about Imago Dei then. I think that's one of the the areas of, of theology that sometimes can seem really um, kind of irrelevant. Hmm. Um, it, it's something that we don't really talk too much about, or we only talk about it in really simplistic ways. So we don't really dig into what that actually means and what the outworkings of it are. Hmm. Um, so how does Schaefer thread uh, Imago Day, like you said, throughout throughout his writing is an emphasis and in the way that he approaches apologetics. Yeah. He, if you read Schaefer, you'll find that he has his own little Schaeferisms from time to time. He'll talk about like true truth, which is like absolute yeah. truth. But he also yeah. talks about the, uh, the mannishness of man, which is like man's <laughs> like inherent, like uniqueness. There, there's something special yeah. about mankind. Yeah. Um, and so th- that's a really big emphasis uh, for him. Um, in his book, Two, Content, Two Contents, Two Realities, um, he talks about uh, the beauty of human relationships and how one of the things that Christians need to do is to, to just uh, enjoy, but also promote like the beauty of like human interaction. That's yeah. one of the special things about, about being human is the fact that we not only are able to communicate with one another, but we are designed and created to communicate with God. Okay. So what does that what does that message look like in youth ministry? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think one example of this is, uh, Schaefer has, he, I think he calls them the four basic relationships. You have man's relationship with God. You got man's relationship with himself, man, man's relationship with others, and then man's relationship with the created order. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so kind of giving categories to students there about like, so your relationship is not just with like your friends or your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, like you were made for a relationship with God. 
you're made for a relationship with other people overall. Yeah. You're, but you're even made for a relationship with yourself, like your, 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 your emotional, your psychological health. Right. Um, yeah. And the created order. And that with the gospel comes redemption in all those areas. So it's not just like, uh, you know, sometimes we, we talk about, you know, uh, soul being saved. Like it's not just reconciliation to God, although that's certainly the most important, but with the gospel comes reconciliation with individuals reconciliation within myself and even reconciliation yep. with the world around me. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So we got to the, so it sounds like we're off topic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. But, but this is my point is yeah. we're not. Yeah. Uh, and this is what happens when you study apologetics yeah. and when you dig into why, Yeah. right? Why do I believe what I believe? Why is the gospel true? Why yeah. is the gospel still relevant? to gen z teenagers yeah why is why is why is why yeah and then you find yourself down these supposed rabbit trails and it just continues to reaffirm the value of digging into christian doctrine and yeah. it is still relevant for for students today and so uh, i guess my last question for you today is um, how has studying apologetics and uh, working through dissertation topics, how has all this helped you be a better youth and families pastor? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think much in the way that we've been talking, you know, trying to think about how these ideas affect my everyday life. Um, it affects the way in which I, I minister and so on. You know, sometimes it's hard because I'll be reading you know, these academic books and I have to do this, but it's good for me because I have to do this work of, well, like, how does this affect like my, my teenagers, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like, we, you know, we can talk about this in, in the ivory tower and the academics, but how can I, how can I translate this in a way that's compelling for them? But yeah. to your point, you know, I, I want to be careful not to say that like everything is apologetics, but I do think a good apologist there, there's very few things that like they're they're not thinking about or asking questions about, um, and so I often tell my students when I teach apologetics here at Welch, you know, to to be a good apologist, you really need to be doing a lot of the same stuff that you do as like a as a theologian, right? Like you need to be thinking about culture, yeah. biblical languages, church history, you know, try to bring like all these things to bear, and again to go back to to Schaefer. You know, he said the two purposes of apologetics is one, defense, which is oftentimes what we go to. Uh, but he said the second one is really just communication. That it's, he says someone, uh, he has a quote, something like, uh, someone won't become a Christian unless they know what it's saying, right? So like <laughs> part of apologetics yeah. is just simply like telling people what Christianity is. Like, yeah, and, and but doing it in a way that like makes sense of it, right? That right. makes it clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. So as youth workers stand in front of their students or sit in the circle or however we teach yeah. um, this coming weekend, and we we open up God's word and we speak to our students, even if we're not doing a quote unquote apologetics series, um, how, how do you recommend youth workers to teach with an apologetics type of posture? Yeah. Um, does that... Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this kind right, of, so what, what's, yeah. What, what is that? Yeah. Th I think this kind of goes a little bit with our conversation we had back in episode one about um, the difference between teaching apologetics. You know, we, we talked about teaching theology and teaching theologically. 
Yeah, now, I think you yeah. could have similar categories for apologetics. You can teach apologetics where I just kind of like rattle off arguments and, and evidences yeah. and stuff, or I can teach apologetically. Um, and, and I think I just, we really need to do a good job of trying to do the latter of just kind of everything that I'm doing, um, without trying to feel like I have to accommodate or I need to water things down to try to have like an ear and a mind for like the unbeliever in the room. Um, so whatever topic I'm covering, like how, how is that resonating with the, the unbelieving teenager that might be sitting in the circle or sitting in front of me? Um, and so just try to have a ear for that. And, uh, and so whatever topic you're covering, um, try to communicate it and defend it in a way that seems compelling. It might even invite somebody into the, the Christian life. Yeah. So how do you do that in a way that you're not qualifying yourself to death? Oh, I think yeah, yeah. we've, right. I yeah, think yeah. we've, we've heard, we've also heard those types of messages where someone is trying to be so like apologetic and sensitive and aware of mm. arguments and doubts and skeptics. That's like, Oh my gosh, just say it, just say <laughs> what you want to say. Right. Like how, how do we avoid that qualification trap? Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a big danger of this, right. That I'm so concerned about the, the unbeliever in the room that I just, I keep on saying, well, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that. And I'm so afraid to offend them, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I forget who said it, but maybe a good way of doing this is um, the concept, maybe it was David Dockery said, uh, having convictional kindness. And so like mm, knowing what I like, I, that's a great phrase. No, I think so. Like knowing what I believe, having boldness and courage about what I believe and the truth there. And so I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to move an inch on that truth but I do it yeah. with all the compassion and the kindness in the world. And yeah. so what, what, yeah, whatever topic we're covering, whether it's ethical or um, apologetic or theological yeah, that I'm doing it with conviction and with kindness at the same time. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Um, so as we, as we closed up our conversation, is there any, anything else regarding apologetics and youth ministry that um, you want to share as your final word here? Yeah. Um, I, I just want to encourage people to, to do more of it, get involved. I think there are some good resources out there, um, but maybe kind of to the point of our, our conversation already, a lot of it tends to be more kind of evidential, classical apologetics. Mm -hmm. And I think we would do well to have more apologetics that, that are answering the questions that our teenager, teenagers are asking right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to point people to our resources page on youthpastortheologian.com. Uh, we have a, a, um, a few different categories with lists of uh, recommended resources, and one of those is on uh, apologetics. So I know when I initially made that list, Chris, uh, I talked with you and mm. took some of your recommendations there. If there's anything new, Chris, that's come out in the last uh, maybe year or two yeah. uh, or something that you've come across since then, um, I, I'd just ask if you could just share that with me, and I'll make sure to keep that page that recommended resources page up to date so people can hop there for the best uh resources that we're aware of yeah. at least and if others out there have ideas that, of things that it, they think should be added hmm. then you can send those uh, on the submissions page to be considered as well so chris thanks so much for joining us for this conversation we so appreciate you brother for your your ministry and and your faithfulness and your research uh, it's always a delight to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. I, I really enjoyed it.
Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you next week.